Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek for Wednesday, August 21st. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined by John DeShazer and Todd Grappanini, our Saints reporters. On today's show, we'll recap today's training camp practice and talk about who stood out. And you'll hear from Saints rookie defensive end Corbin Kafusi, who is going up against his brother Bronson Kafusi, who plays defensive end for the New York Jets. It is the first time the brothers have matched up against each other since high school. We'll also talk to linebacker Caden Ellis about his training camp experience so far, why he stays so humble, and the fellowship he's received from teammates since coming to training camp. Guys, just one day of training camp, of open training camp remaining. Todd, it's your first training camp here at the New Orleans Saints uh, with the New Orleans Saints. I know you've obviously done it with Tulane. You know, it's. I know it's been a little bit more work, a little bit longer, but how has your first training camp been? I'm ready for it to end, Caroline. <laughs> no, uh, I, I Tell really, me how you really feel. I, I just, it, it's a little bit different going through it with Tulane than it is with the Saints. I, I think just the workload is one thing, but uh, it is definitely a grind. And it's uh you know we were talking about it earlier on the on on the field today when we were watching practice we were harkening back to the to the practice at Tulane and uh that seems like a lifetime ago mm-hmm. and it really wasn't that long ago so I, I think everybody involved is ready for it to end but you know and, and JD will talk about it Saints got their work done they got their work done there hasn't been any type of drama storyline type of deal uh it's been what three position battles maybe and that's been it uh you know michael thomas missed the first what a couple of practices with with the with the contract and that's it so i think that's exactly what sean pate wants no drama no storylines just get the work done and let's get to the texans in a couple of weeks jd obviously you've been through a few training camps now has anything from this training camp been different i feel like um, you know, we haven't had anything crazy. I mean, it's been hot, but it hasn't been, I'm about to pass out any second hot it's rained, but it hasn't been, we have to immediately go indoors because there's lightning rain. Um, it's been pretty, pretty good weather wise, you know, everything else wise, how has anything stood out to you as far as being different from this year? I think what stood out first is you, I, you essentially called me, Oh, you've been through a few training camps. That was the lead in on that. Yeah, so I don't necessarily know if I agree with that or appreciate it. I mean, anything however true it might be, is going to be old to me. However so. true it might be, but no, it's been <laughs> it's been fairly, I don't want to say nondescript, but you know, I think um, the best way to say it is is how Graf said it. They got their work in. Um, disappointing to to see Alex Anzalone not be on the field for a decent portion of it because he looks like he can be blossoming into a fantastic player, and you like to see him get the reps. He, I, I think he you know, needs to have a little bit more of him because he's only in his third year and he was injured his first year and you just want to see him get out there and, and make sure that he's comfortable with everything he's doing. Uh, but for the most part, um, I think, I don't again, I don't want to say nondescript, but we we kind of know the positions. Um, the only maybe vagueness in the position might have been center as we entered training camp. And before you knew it, Eric McCoy was in there again. They drafted him in the second round for a reason. So he's going to probably be the starting center for this team, barring injury. And, and it's been a good camp, I think. I think um, they've been able to to work on some things. It's tough to really game plan when you're having open practices and everybody's watching. So you're not really installing um, much game planning, but you are getting back to your fundamentals. Uh, and that's where these young players need to be. 
Drew Brees doesn't need to be game planning in these in these preseason games and in these training camp practices. But Austin Carr at receiver and Latavius Murray, who's a new addition, those guys need to be getting acclimated to what the Saints are doing. It's been a good training camp for the Saints, but it's also been a good training camp for someone who we pointed out earlier, Trey Hendrickson. That guy, that's someone who has stood out exponentially this year. I mean, he has stood out in the games. He stood out in practice. J.D., you were here last year when, you know, and when he got drafted his first year, so you've been here for the three seasons that he's been in training camp. What is he doing now that is making him stand out so much more than in years past? Well, Coach Payton has mentioned several times about his weight, and I think you add the weight that he's gotten, that he's gained, and you add in his probably cleaning up on his technique a little bit more. And he's an effort player. So if he's going to play with that kind of effort and he's maintaining the kind of weight that they want him to, naturally good things are going to happen because he's going 1,000 miles an hour every snap. So at some point in time, if you're going that hard every snap, you're going to run into some plays. And if you can maintain your discipline, you're going to run to, into a few of them. So I think that's what happened, what's happened with him. I think he's just matured and been able to do uh, weight-wise what the coaches want him to do in terms of maintaining that weight and strength. We all saw what he did on Sunday, which was basically be unblockable, even though the stats themselves said he had one tackle. But he disrupted so many other things. He was in the backfield all day. Uh, he forced three holding penalties on the Chargers just because of the way he was getting past that poor right tackle who they were uh, they had lined up against him. Um, but you know what? what? Why I was encouraged was he did it again today. Mm -hmm. He really did it again today. He's not resting on his laurels. He's actually working even harder in the team period. He had three sacks. He had back-to-back -back sacks. And then at the end of the period, he had another sack. Of course, they've got the red jerseys on, but he would have had a sack. And I thought it was interesting to see when he came off the field, Cam Jordan recognized it. It gave him a little congratulatory pat on the backside, meaning, you know what? He's noticing this too. So also... And this is, uh, if you want to look at Graf's observations on NewOrleansSaints.com, <laughs> shameless plug. He was on kickoff coverage today, too, J.D. Yeah, he played and, some special teams. And he was the first down uh, on kickoff coverage and would have had a tackle on on the return. I believe it was Harris at the time. It was Deontay Harris. I mean, he's going a million miles an hour, and it's good to see him not only doing it off the edge, but doing it on special teams as well. And if I can jump in one time here at the end, people – in his first couple of years, we, we've talked about him and called him an effort player. Like, that's a dirty thing. And people look at, you know, when you say, oh, guy's an effort player, like that's a dirty thing or something. Well, it's better, well, better than the alternative. Well, know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Cam Jordan's an effort player. He gets results. Don't, nobody says it like it's a dirty term when you're talking about him. So you just need to see some results come out of it. And I think people will have the proper, uh, the proper appreciation for it. If he, if he gets some results out of it. And he's also doing it on the defensive line on both sides. He's yeah. doing it on the right side. He's doing it on the left side. So if Marcus Davenport needs a breather, if Cam Jordan needs a breather, he can play both sides, both ends. And uh, that's, again, versatility. It goes a long way. It's something that we've brought up, uh, you know, especially coming into training camp. There's been a lot of changes on the defensive line. Uh, is that something, is that an area where you guys are feeling more comfortable with the Saints defensive line kind of coming together, getting that chemistry and starting to work better with each other? I won't feel comfortable until I see it in the game. Okay. Because Malcolm Brown and Mario Edwards Jr. have played in NFL games, but they hadn't played in NFL games for the Saints. Mm -hmm. Sheldon Rankins was uber productive last year. 
uh, David Onyemata can wreck things, and we know he's got the one-game suspension. Um, we know also that Alex Okafor, defensive end who left here in free agency, was productive for the Saints. So I want to see the production. It looks good on paper. It looks good you know, to the naked eye here in practice. But will it look good uh, regular season game one against the Texans? I thought it was interesting today. We saw for the first time the three-end defensive set when you had Cam Jordan, David Onyemata, Marcus Davenport, and Trey Hendrickson on the line at the same time. It's the first time we've seen that during training camp. Interesting to see if we'll see that in the Jets game. In the words of Graf, that's an observation. Another Graf observation, (laughs) uh, yeah. But, you know, now that we're deep into camp and almost done, you might see a few more wrinkles as we head into the regular season. We heard from Drew Brees earlier today. Um, Also, Sean Payton say this might be the week that we see a little bit more of Drew Brees. You guys talked about it earlier. Uh, He's not a guy that really likes to take any days off, any time off. But we know father time comes after all of us. And, you know, it's something that you have to deal with as an athlete, even though Drew Brees is still a phenomenal athlete. But how have you seen his game change, his workout regimen change, his daily routine change in practice? How have you seen that change for number nine? Well, I'm sure he's adjusted some things. And, I mean, you know, they've backed off. He doesn't have to throw every day. He He's had the for, vet day forced upon him and those kinds of things. But in terms of preparation, it's the same Drew Brees. I mean, the reason he's been able to, to give a nice stiff arm to Father Time so far is because he understands his body better than anybody understands their body. Um, he tweaks his nutrition. He tweaks his workouts. He tweaks – everything that you can possibly tweak. And if there's something new that he feels like might give him an advantage, whether it be Pilates or hot yoga or, or cold yogurt, I don't know. But whatever it is, he will try it in the name of getting an advantage competitively. And it, it really speaks to, to a guy who says, you know what, I think I can beat this. I don't know if I can beat this, but I'm willing to try anything I can in order to beat it. And it was going to be very difficult for him to just slop off all the entire preseason. There's mm-hmm. just no way. He was he was gonna play. You know he was in Coach Payton's ear saying, look, you gotta you gotta get me in there. He needs the he needs the live reps as well. We talked about it on the CST show today. Jared Cook has not been in a live game with Drew Brees yet. They've looked so good in practice. They had the chemistry very early, but you gotta see what's gonna happen when the live bullets are out there in the Meadowlands. So you know, I know a lot of people have trepidation with what's going to be coming on the other side, but Breeze mentioned it himself at the podium today. You got to be ready for it. And because the Texans, when when it's under the lights on Monday night in the Mercedes Benz Superdome, they're going to bring the house. You got to be ready for it at some point. Well, you know, a guy who's going to have to be ready who also hadn't played with Drew Breeze, Eric McCoy. Yep. Because if they decide we're going to blitz everything on the A gap, that's him and the guards. And he's an inexperienced center, he's a rookie. And I would imagine Greg Williams probably knows that as well as anybody. So, yeah, he's a guy who's got to be on his toes also. We've seen um, the chemistry of Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, and we've seen the fruits of that labor. Uh, But as you said, we haven't seen that with Jared Cook yet. Is that something in practice that you've noticed has stood out between Brees and Cook, that their chemistry is is developing quickly? I thought it had been that way from day one. Okay. I I, I mean, I'm talking – Maybe two practices in, you're like, this guy's been in the Saints for years. It, it, it was that smooth of a transition. Cook's just a really physical, athletic type of tight end. And he's going to, you know, there was a play today, J.D., now I think about it. Cook is going to draw a lot of attention to him. 
and on a third down route, they were doing it in drills, Cook drew two defenders to him. It opened the middle of the field completely for Alvin Kamara, who split out and Breeze hit him in stride, and it was an easy touchdown. Those are the type of matchups that the Saints are going to feast on this year because Cook is such an athletic receiver. You know, I, I probably shouldn't say this, and I God, I hate comparisons. Here we go. I, I shouldn't say, say this. It. Here we but, go. But he's making throws to Cook, the kind of throws that used to open up the offense when Jimmy Graham was at tight end. And I, I, I hesitate to it, say Jimmy. that. I hesitate <laughs> to say that. I do. I really don't like to make comparisons, but he is able to make some of those throws where you you don't necessarily throw the guy open, but you have the confidence in the guy to where you say, okay, if you're covered, I'll just throw it high, and you and you go get it. And he's making those kinds of throws to Cook, which I think will, as Graf said, open this offense up. Keith Kirkwood is another receiver that we we saw back in the fold today. Obviously, made some impact late, uh, plays for the team last year, so obviously they're happy to have him back on the practice field. But what are your expectations of that receiver battle going into preseason game three? I mean, you have so many guys battling for that spot. Emmanuel Butler, who's been a training camp standout, but hasn't necessarily gone in the games and proven what the things that he's done in training camp. You have Simi Cobbs, you have, you know, uh, Cyril Grayson Jr. So you have so many guys who are battling for that position. What do you expect to see in this preseason game? I really just don't know. Um, <laughs> none of those guys has jumped out. And, and let's not forget, and Coach Payton says this at the beginning of every training camp, you're competing against, against everybody in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So there is a possibility, there's a possibility that the Saints' fourth or fifth receiver is playing for another team right now. And they have an eye on him and saying, okay, when this guy comes free, if this guy comes free, we're going to snap him up. But none of those guys have really jumped out and snatched that position. We thought it was going to be Emmanuel Butler, and he broke open uh, against the Chargers, and, and Teddy Bridgewater unfortunately missed him. Otherwise, it would have been a huge game. Game, And then he has a pass that's right in his face, and unfortunately that's exactly where it ended up, right off his face. <laughs> so, you know, those are, you know, he had an opportunity, two opportunities there, one not of his own doing, to make an imprint. And he's got to be able to do that, especially when you get an opportunity to start in a preseason game and you get some chances when, they, when they're throwing it to you and trying to get it to you. But, man, I don't know that anybody has seized control of that position. I, I agree 100%. That is the last storyline remaining of this training camp of, of, what, the two preseason. We're going to play two preseason games in basically a week. The, the preseason will be over a week from tomorrow. Uh, that's the last deal. It, it's wide receiver. Who is going to be? the one who is going to take that roster spot. You know you got Michael Thomas. You know you got Ted Ginn. You know you got Traquan Smith. Everything else is up in the air, and it's there if they want to go get it. And, look, I I think nickel cornerback is going to be P.J. Williams. I think that's a done mm. deal. Hot take. And punt returner, how is Deontay Harris not going to make the what, roster JD, right now? J.D., what's that, what's that phrase you use? You can't uh, – make the club in the tub. There it is. We haven't seen Marcus Sherrill since before the Vikings game, mm -hmm. since that practice two days before the game. We haven't seen him since. Yeah. And Deontay Harris has taken advantage of the opportunity, and he's wowing every time he, he catches the football on a punt return. He's making people miss and getting chunks of yardage, and we haven't probably seen it since Darren Sproles was back there. Yeah, you want a guy back there who, if he, if he takes a kickoff five yards deep, 
you want to feel good that he can get it back to the 25 because he can just take a knee and get it at the 25. So if he, if he can get it to the 25, that's a 30-yard return if he's five-yard deep. And everybody's kicking it deep nowadays. So you got to have somebody who's willing and able to get you something positive out of it. He looks like a guy who you just give him the green light and say, hey, when you feel like it, you go because you know he looks the part. Is he going to do that in the regular season? I, I don't know. We always have to go by that, but he he sure looks like he's able to do it. And we saw him today for the first time working with the wide receivers, which says maybe if you're going to be on this team as a punt returner, a kick returner, you're going to have to play another position. Yeah, he's got to he's got to be able to do something else. He he can't just be a returner because if he's your returner and you have him as a receiver and you only take four or five receivers into the game, if somebody goes down, he's going to have to play. He's going to have to take some reps there. Uh, we saw it with Tommy Lee Lewis uh, the previous couple of years where he was kind of the returner, and if someone went down, he had to go in and give you some reps at receiver. It's just a necessity, so he's got to be able to, to run some offense. I'm all for the small school guy making it. Uh, last position we'll talk about before I let you guys go, Latavius Murray. Uh, he's a guy who the Saints brought in in the offseason to replace, obviously, Mark Ingram. Um, and we know the, the chemistry that Alvin and Mark had uh, on and off of the field. Latavius Murray, I mean, I don't expect that chemistry to happen overnight, especially maybe not in training camp when you're in the dog days. Uh, we might see it from Alvin and Latavius uh, in, in the next coming weeks. But are you happy with what you've seen from Latavius Murray so far on the field? I think he's just gone out and done his work, J.D. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's, you know, he's it hasn't just exploded your mind what he's doing out there. He's just going out there and he's getting four yards of carry. I mean, if you, you watch the Chargers game even, uh, I thought the running game did pretty solid against the Chargers, and Murray's a part of it. He's a big back. He, he's going to hit the hole, and he he's going to break a tackle or two. So, yeah, nothing's jumped out, but nothing to the point where, oh, man, we're, we're, we're going to miss Mark. I don't, I, don't, I don't take that at all. I think he's going to be a solid back for us. He plays a rhythm position, so he's got to get a few reps in there in games to kind of get a feel, and especially uh, he's got to figure out, you know, where – the holes are going to be with this offensive line. And the, and the offensive line's got to figure out him, okay, hey, man, how do you like it, man? What are you looking for? And, and that's what they're trying to provide. What I did like is in the preseason opener against Minnesota, he caught some passes in the first half. Looks comfortable in the passing game. He's going to have to be a part of it because you can't go out there and be one-dimensional. We saw last year, uh, the begin, uh, excuse me, two years ago, I'm sorry, the beginning of the year with Adrian Peterson, when he went on the field, he was just a running back. He was not a receiving threat and everybody just loaded up because they knew the Saints weren't going to throw it to him. He's got to be multidimensional, and he looks like he has that capability. All right, guys. Well, one more training camp practice to go. Uh, I did catch up with one of the guys who I will be looking out for uh, this week, Corbin Kafusi. Uh, He's going up against his brother this week for the first time that they're going up against each other since high school. They both played basketball. Uh, He is going against his older brother who plays defensive end for the New York Jets. So I caught up with Corbin Kafusi after practice today. Corbin, how's this training camp experience been for you so far? First time ever doing it, right? Yeah, I think it, it's been a neat experience. If anything, you just learn so much. You know, you come in and you think you know one thing or another, but, you know, every level is so different, so it's been great. So you started off at BYU playing basketball. How long did you play basketball, and when did you start the transition over to football? I played basketball for technically three years, and then – the third year I did basketball and football, and so there was a little transition after my second year of basketball, 
to doing football and basketball together. Was it one of those things that they were like, oh, he's a big body, let's just like see what, where he fits? Yeah, well, it was interesting because I started off football, I gray-shirted though, so I did spring ball, whatever, and then when I came back, I was much taller, so they're like, oh, we need him for basketball. But then we got a new coach for football, and he's like, oh, we want him back for football. So it was just kind of back and forth. So your dad, Steve, played in the NFL, correct? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know you're going against your brother, Bronson, this week, right? This is the first NFL experience that you all have had going against each other, correct? Oh, yeah, we haven't played football together in, since high school. Wow. Are you excited for that? Oh, absolutely. Like, that's the dream. So I'm sure you guys are, like, the worst family to sit behind in church or, like, anywhere, right? Because you guys are all so tall. How tall are you, and then where does everyone else fall in your family? So I'm, I'm the tallest. I'm definitely the tallest. I'm about 6'9", 6'10", you know, depending on who's measuring. But uh, my older brother, Bronson, he's 6'8", and then my little brother, 6'7", and then my sister, older sister, 6'1", my mom's 6'0", my dad's 6'5", and then our, my little sister, she's, like, the run of the family. She's 5'7". Oh, man, I'm sure she's so mad. Oh, yeah, she was like, what the heck? Because she's a twin with my little brother who's 6'7", so. Wow, she's a twin and she's 5'7", and he's 6'7"? Yeah, so we were like, what happened there? (laughs) That's awesome. Well, we look forward to seeing you go against Bronson this week. Have you all had any smack talking uh, this week? (laughs) We we have talked a little bit, you know. I think it'll just be fun to see him. Because I've been his biggest fan, and he's been my biggest fan. So it's one of those neat experiences we're going to have. He was in the year one year before you, in the league one year before you, correct? Uh, two, actually. Okay. Yeah, because I, when I played basketball, they counted as a redshirt for football. But he's been in, this is his third year. Has he given you any advice coming into this training camp, coming into the league, any pieces of advice that has kind of have kind of stuck with you? Absolutely. I think he, I talk to him every day, and he's kind of my role model, you know. He's my mentor and tells me things because we're very similar. And so... Every day I get some sort of advice from him. I know he did the hockey at the Jets, pra- Jets practice. Are we going to see anything out of you uh, anytime soon? <laughs> you know, I, I did it for the team during, like, the rookie show. Okay. And so I think I gave my brother the idea. So when he did it, I was like, come on, man. You know I did it first. So <laughs> He got all the credit. You got none of the glory. He, he had can- hammers on. You know, I'm more of a private type of person. <laughs> well, I appreciate your time and good luck this week. Hey, thank you very much. I was also able to speak with preseason standout linebacker Caden Ellis. Caden, what, how has your perspective changed from when you came into training camp this year to right now? Oh, I guess, uh, I guess each day you just expect more from yourself, you know. Uh, I know the vets and the coaches say it around here all the time, don't make the same mistake twice. Uh, you can make mistakes, but just don't let, you make, don't let yourself make the same ones twice. So I think um, as each day has progressed, I'm trying to get a little better. I'm trying to move on from the mistakes that maybe I made the day before or the week before, and I'm uh, trying to grow each day. So uh, I'd say the perspective's the same as in you're still just trying to get better each day, um, but the steps you're taking may be a little different. Something that everyone has noticed is that you're always the last one in the locker room, whether it's signing autographs, whether it's doing extra reps. Why do you think that's important? Why do you take the extra time to do that? You know, uh, being at this level is amazing. It's a blessing. I thank God for it every day. And um, I keep getting told that it's hard to stay here. You know, that it's one thing to get here. It's another thing to stay here. The average career is short, um, and there's no guarantee of making this team. Um, So every day I I just want to get better, you know. DA said a great quote yesterday, basically talking about how your purpose will drive passion. It shouldn't have to be coached up. Um, and I'm out here trying to trying to do my best every day, trying trying to be the best, trying to play my hardest, and um, 
with how great all these players are around me, I, I need some extra work and I need some extra time on this field and um, extra time with the coaches and everybody's been awesome with that. So uh, that's why. You seem very strong in your faith. I mean, every question you ask, you know, it's, it's I'm blessed, I'm grateful, which is awesome. I, I don't want to take that away from you. But um, what is your daily routine like? I mean, it's very hard to kind of stay in the word, you know, being a, a Christian like yourself. Um, how, do you, how do you stay in the word? How do you make time for that with such a busy training camp schedule? You know, that's something actually I've, I've felt kind of convicted about recently. I've been getting it in. Oh, my bad. <laughs> no, you're good. I've been getting it in, but I, uh, I maybe I've been scheduling God around my uh, busy training camp. Um, that's something I've actually felt like I, I got to do better about. So uh, actually today, same thing. I woke up a little earlier just so I could uh, schedule my day around him. You know, I may get a little less sleep, but at the end of the day, uh, getting your word in, there's nothing better than that, and that'll get me ready for my entire day. So uh, it's tough. There's, there's a lot of time, but I think if it's your number one priority, you'll find time, you know. We know that guys on the team have been pretty strong in their faith, especially guys like Demario Davis. Mm-hmm. Has he kind of t- taken you under his wing a little bit, provided mentorship, fellowship, anything like that? He has, and like you said, there's so many great guys on this team that, that have taken time to, to really pour into me or help me or just try to lead me in a little way, direct me in the right path. I mean, Team Mo, Austin Carr, Demario, and the list goes on. You know, it'd be an injustice to try to name everybody because I'm sure I'd forget someone. But, uh, yeah, this team is so awesome. I'm, honestly, I believe that's one of the reasons this team is great. You know, they have that faith. They have that um, inner passion and drive that comes from it. Um, and I think it brings the team closer together. So, yeah, these guys are awesome, and I'm thankful. Absolutely. Well, I hope to see you out there next week, and uh, good luck making this roster. Hey, thank you. That'll do it for today's New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek for Wednesday, August 21st. Real quick, if you haven't signed up for the Saints 5K kickoff run presented by Chevron, be sure to go to saints5k.com and register for that. It is on Saturday, September 7th. It'll be the kickoff event right before the Saints' first uh, regular season game. So be sure to go to Saints 5K and register for that. As always, make sure you're following the Saints at Saints on social media and download the Saints app presented by Verizon. And of course, check out NewOrleansSaints.com at any time. That'll do it. I'm Caroline Gonzalez. Thanks again for joining us on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.